0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1304, Why You Can't Replace Analog Companionship with Digital Connection, by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD, with me, your host and narrator, Greg Audino. Also, a happy Easter if you're celebrating... I think I've said this before. I'm absolutely horrible, horrible at remembering to send you all holiday wishes on holidays, uh, which I'm once again sorry for. But that must mean good things are are coming this Easter since I remembered. Um, (laughs) I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to spend with ORD. And you picked a good one because today we'll be reading from a brand new author, Dr. Kelly Flanagan. More about him and his work later on. But for now, let's jump right into his article and optimize your life. Why You Can't Replace Analog Companionship with Digital Connection by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com Several months ago, our daughter Caitlin and I were standing in the toy section of our local bookstore when she picked up a magic eight ball from the shelf, shook it, and waited for her answer to float to the surface of the inky liquid. When the word yes appeared in the window, she wiped her brow in a grand gesture of great relief. I asked her what she'd asked the Eight Ball. Her answer took my breath away. Will I ever feel like I fit in in this world? I think the Magic Eight Ball gave Caitlin the right answer. Now, more than ever, she probably will feel like she fits in this world because we live in an age of digital miracles. We can connect to billions of people with a few taps of a finger or swipes of a thumb. Just one generation ago, you could only be in one place at one time. In your whole life, You'd meet maybe a few thousand people. Now, the whole world congregates in the palm of your hand. So, Caitlin probably will cross digital paths with enough people who are enough like her to feel like she fits in this world. However, this will give rise to an even more troubling question Why, if I feel like I fit with so many, do I still feel so alone? Around 2012, something happened to teenagers in the United States. For two consecutive decades, the reported levels of happiness had been increasing, and suddenly, the trend reversed direction. At the same time, rates of reported loneliness and depression spiked, with a 50% increase in teenagers hospitalized for suicidal thoughts between 2008 and 2015. This kind of sudden decline in teen mental health has happened before, but always in connection to a major cultural upheaval— or a cataclysmic global event. So, what was the most significant cultural revolution of 2012? For the first time, more Americans owned a smartphone than did not. Around the same time, social media became the go-to method for congregating and communicating amongst adolescents. Digital connection quickly began replacing analog companionship. Given a choice between a driver's license and a smartphone, many kids suddenly preferred a phone. After all, a car can only drive you to one place to see a handful of people, but a phone can transport you everywhere to see everyone. Caitlin's generation will be the most digitally connected generation in human history. Yet, they may end up utterly isolated in the analog world. Of course, I don't believe these technologies have created our loneliness. Rather, I think we have created these technologies out of our loneliness. In an attempt to fix our ordinary loneliness, we gathered a digital crowd, but the digital crowd is leaving us more isolated than ever. This is confusing to us, because when we maintain a bunch of Snapchat streaks, we feel momentarily accepted, like we really fit in this world, as Caitlin would say. So, it seems like our loneliness should be shrinking, but instead it remains what it is, and what it will always be while our sense of isolation slowly grows alongside it. Then we return to the bottomless well of digital connection, hoping this time it will finally satisfy our thirst for companionship. It will not. The morning after Caitlin asked her question of the Magic 8-Ball, I made her chocolate chip pancakes. As I mixed them, it occurred to me that digital connection is like chocolate chips in the pancake recipe of life. It's tasty and tempting to consume by the bagful, it feels good momentarily, and it goes down relatively easily. In contrast, analog companionship is more like the eggs. It holds everything together. It has cracks in it, and it's messy, and if you don't cook it all the way through, it can even make you sick. However, without it, the recipe of life just doesn't work very well. The digital crowd brings with it the thrill of discovering you fit in from a distance, whereas analog companionship brings with it the challenge of figuring out how to fit together, up close and personal. Analog companionship has flesh and blood in its code, not ones and zeros. It has salt in its tears, not pixels. There's a big difference between a digital thumbs-up and a warm hug. Nevertheless, because the digital crowd momentarily obliterates our sense of isolation, we're giving more and more of our relational energy to it, rather than to analog companionship. In other words, we keep reaching for the chocolate chips, but we need to be cracking a few eggs instead. The day after I made pancakes for Caitlin was Father's Day, and I began the day by kayaking alone down my favorite river in north-central Illinois. For long stretches of river, there is no sign of civilization at all, and you can float for miles without encountering another human being. Furthermore, there is no cell phone reception so you are as alone as you'll ever be in a world where the digital crowd is always knocking at your virtual door, one push notification at a time. I enjoyed being alone, for about 10 minutes. By the first bend in the river, though, my isolation wasn't sitting well. Out of habit, I reached for my phone. No signal. I waved it in the air like we do now, hoping for bars. Nothing. I put the expensive brick back in its watertight compartment, My feelings of isolation, however, were not so easy to compartmentalize. I had an urge to check my social media accounts. I let the urge float by. I had an urge to text a friend I hadn't talked to in a long time. I let it float by. My mind wandered ahead to the upcoming week and I wanted to check my calendar. I let the desire float by. I left my digital crowd upstream. I paddled. I looked around. I took it all in. The wind in the treetops. The sun on fire. When my loneliness surfaced, instead of reaching for my phone, I reached over the boat. I grazed the surface of the analog river with my analog hand. I attended to all of these tangible realities wind and sun and water, these elements. It made me think of how, in my faith tradition, we receive two elements every Sunday bread and wine. They're meant to symbolize the flesh and blood of Jesus. It's a weekly reminder that uploading prayers to supernatural gods can only take us so far. That flesh and blood presence is the kind of analog companionship we all really need. Flesh and blood. On that Father's Day morning, my restless urge to reach out to the digital crowd never really left me, but in the midst of it, I became more aware of myself floating toward the flesh and blood, analog companionship in my own life. It would be waiting for me on the dock at the end of my journey. Kelly and our three kids, waving, chattering, fighting, smelling of sunscreen and sweat, of flesh and blood, of bathwater and river water, of baptism by life. I had not immersed myself in the rushing waters of the digital crowd, so I had time to value the flow of this analog companionship in my life. This sometimes joyous, sometimes painful, always challenging, elemental philia. Analog companionship can be hard. It can't rescue you from all your isolation because it can't be there for every bend in the river. Nor can it eliminate your ordinary loneliness because it can't see all the way inside of you. However, if you are not cultivating analog companionship on a daily basis, the day-to-day exchange of care and chaos, connection and confession, then, like so many young people today, your sense of isolation will grow more quickly than your Instagram following ever could. On the other hand, if you commit to the practice of companionship, if you turn from everything to one face, as the novelist Elizabeth Bowen says, then when you arrive at the dock at the end of your journey, you might just discover yourself face-to-face with everything you could ask for. You might just discover this magic eight-ball we call life has given you the answer you'd been hoping for all along. And we analog companions wipe our holy human brows in a grand gesture of great relief. You just listened to the post titled, Why You Can't Replace Analog Companionship with Digital Connection, by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com. And a big thank you to Dr. Kelly for this post. And what a great way to start his tenure as an Optimal Relationships Daily narrated author. A uh, prestigious accolade, no doubt. A bit more about him. So, he is the co founder of Artisan Clinical Associates in Naperville, Illinois. He writes weekly about living out redemptive stories on his popular blog, Untangled. Kelly's also written two books one titled Lovable, Embracing What is Truest About You, so You Can Truly Embrace Your Life, and another named True Companions. And also, on a funny personal note, Kelly is married to another clinical psychologist who is also named Kelly, (laughs) and the couple has three children together. And I really like this post from him today, especially the note about how social media and phone usage is a byproduct of loneliness rather than the other way around. Now, that notion definitely encourages some deeper questioning, whereas it's a bit too dismissive, at least for me, to simply blame loneliness on phones. But aside from that, If you're looking for a practical takeaway from this article, well, it's no coincidence that Kelly was able to appreciate the world around him when his phone was out of service, right? We've said many times, and we will say again, how big a role our environment can play when it comes to making changes, deliberately or not. So if you're looking to distance yourself from your phone a little bit, consider keeping it tucked away for periods of time in a shelf or somewhere similar where it's inconvenient to get it. Not only will this provide a great space for you to observe your urges and the pull your phone has and the questioning that might ensue, as it did for Kelly, but it'll also likely make it easier to explore other means of entertainment and opportunities for presence. But that will bring us to the end for today, everyone. Thanks again to Dr. Kelly for letting us share this post and so many more to come, I hope. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and I will see you tomorrow with another post to start your week and where your optimal life awaits.